The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good evening. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, broadcasting from the Maple Knoll Radio Network here in Cincinnati, Ohio. We are your public radio source for information and inspiration to start or grow your own real estate business. And this is the best day of the month because it is the last Wednesday of the month. And that means it is open mic day here at Real Life Real Estate. If you have any questions that have been burning in your brain about investing in real estate, about specific deals, about strategies, about financing, finding deals. Today is the day where you can ask those questions. I've got no guest in the studio, so you are the guest. You can reach us if you're listening on your radio here in the greater Cincinnati area at 513-772-9658. If you are listening to us live streaming at wmkvfm.org, you can call toll-free at 877-772-9658. Or, as always, you can go to our website at realliferealestate.com and you'll find in there a uh, little button that says ask Vina a question and if you push that button you will see that uh, it comes here and I answer it for you assuming that you do that sometime before you know 10 till 6 and, and by the way that you're not listening to the podcast if you're listening to the podcast we're not live you can still send a question in that way and I'll answer the next question and answer week but uh, you know Got to gotta do this between 5 and, say, 10 till 6 today to get it answered live on the radio today. Now, we had some questions that have already come in from folks who are subscribed to our weekly e-letter, where we send out a notification a few hours before the show telling you what the topic is, giving you an article of interest to real estate investors. And you can sign up for that so you don't forget shows in the future by going to realliferealestate.com. While you're there, check out our $1 to start additional educational program called the Inner Circle. You get all kinds of great stuff, including weekly webinars with Q&A and unlimited email coaching. You try it out for just a dollar, and that is a pledge to... WMKV. So you get to support public radio and also get more real estate education and support. That's at our website too at realliferealestate.com. A question here from Kelvin, who I, I'm going to say is from the Dallas area based on the fact that he put his 
cell phone number at the bottom of this email, and I happen to have gotten another call today from Dallas, so I know that this is at least a Texas phone number. He says, it's a short sale question. Is there a certain percentage or magic number that the lender will accept on an FHA loan that is 12 months delinquent? Seller refinanced the first two years ago at 3.75% fixed. Current balance is 155 on the first with 15,000 to reinstate the loan. A loan modification was done in 2013. An additional 33,000 added to the back of the loan uh, at 0% interest. The PITI is 1299. Needs 5000 in repairs. ARV is between 195 and 210 I have an appointment to speak with the seller's relationship manager. Any ideas or suggestions? Uh, and then he goes on to tell me the square footage and the size of the house. And the, the real question here is, what will the lender accept? And Kelvin, you're asking the wrong question. The question you should be asking is, what does it make sense for you to pay? Because... the no one knows why any given bank makes any given decision about whether or not to accept a short sale at any given price. Some Somebody at the bank does. Now, this happens to be an FHA loan. And in theory, uh, FHA will only short to 82% of the loan balance. Now, does that mean the actual loan balance or loan balance plus this additional money they've tagged onto the back end? Uh, who knows? None of that is important. The important thing, Kelvin, is that you decide what is what the maximum that you can pay for this property is given your exit strategy, which is the one thing you didn't mention. I don't know if you're planning on retailing it or what, but you should have a formula that you can use that you already know that says this is the max I can pay. And the offer you're going to make is probably going to be a little bit less than that max because they do like to come back and say, no, we won't accept this offer, but we'll counter. And then you counter back and you want to be able to go up some. And then you go through the process and you don't second guess yourself. You don't say, well, man, they only want 20000 more than what I wanted to pay. So maybe I'll pay that. Go find another deal that works. Don't torture yourself over this one. Uh, short sales right now are challenging. They are challenging in the sense that not a lot of them are being accepted at investor type prices. The banks are taking them all the way to foreclosure instead, where they often then go on the market for less than what you offered. I know, I know, it doesn't make any sense if we all sit around and try and figure out how banks think we will go insane. But um, you can, I mean, you're obviously into this one already. Might as well give it a try. Make your offer. Follow the process. Make sure the BPO gets done. Make sure they get the documentation they need from your seller. Don't spend the next six months beating your head against the wall on this deal. If it works, great. If it doesn't, hopefully you'll have another deal on the table here pretty shortly. So uh, very much appreciate your question, Kelvin. Don't ask what the bank will accept. Ask what you can pay. Okay. Uh, you're listening to Question and Answer Week on Real Life Real Estate. Any question that you have about any topic is, uh, well, regarding real estate, is uh, up for grabs today. You just need to call us at 877-772-9658, or you can send an email by going to our website at realliferealestate.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I am your host, Vina Jones-Cox, and 
If you're listening to Real Life Real Estate through our podcast, remember that you can listen and participate live on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern at WMKV 89.3 or WLHS 89.9 in the greater Cincinnati area or live streaming from anywhere in the world at WMKVFM.org. Listen live because then when you have a question for one of our guests, you can call and ask it. And I can't tell you how many times I get a, an email two weeks after a guest has appeared and they, they had some very specific topic like, I don't know, IRA investing or something. And all of a sudden I'm getting these questions that are really for the guest and it's two weeks later. So listen live, wmkvfm.org Wednesdays from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. It's question and answer week here on Real Life Real Estate. Our numbers here in the studio are 877-772-9658 or in the greater Cincinnati area, just 772-9658. You can also send an email by going to realliferealestate.com. We're going to go ahead and go to the phones and talk to Leah, who's on line two from Dayton. Leah, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having this open forum where you can call and ask you a question. You're very welcome. Um, about a year and a half ago, I bought your Real Estate 101 course, and it was really helpful. I, I went through it. My husband and I went through it. Uh, I bought it at the OREA convention, and I'd, I'd been studying all this stuff for about a year. And we bought close on a house in December, and uh, we paid uh, 90000 for it. And the after repair value of it is about 135 Three bedroom, two bath, two car garage, real, real nice house, nice neighborhood, Centerville. Um, rented it to a nice guy. Everything's going pretty smooth with it. Um, my question is, uh, in my situation where we have some money from a HELOC from the, our residents mm-hmm. and we're able to invest that, what is, I guess, the fastest path that the, what we're only making like we're not really making any money on this. I mean, we're making money in equity, but, you know, you can't mm-hmm. take equity to the grocery store mm-hmm. and pay for groceries. So I'm, I, I have other businesses I run, and I'm just trying to figure out the fastest path to cash, cash flow, without having to go down to the hood. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I mean, I really like these nicer houses, and I like the nicer tenants that pay $1,200 a month, and I like that. Yeah, <laughs> what is the... Like, uh, tell me, um, did you did you did you finance this property? Yeah, we financed it um, with between our HELOC and and the bank. Yeah, like a fifteen year mortgage. So uh, most of the rent money goes to debt service, mm-hmm. and then there's a little bit left over that goes to um, reserves, know, keeping the property in repair. Yeah, reserves. Yeah. Um, right. So here's the here's the issue with those nicer properties, Leah. They're 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 great to own. You you, <laughs> you can drive your friends by them and say, "Look, I own this," and they're like, "Ooh, ah, right," because you know, nice neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. They don't tend to cash flow as well as less expensive properties. And mm-hmm. the the quickest way to get to the cash flow is get the loan paid off. Now you've done right. you've done the right thing by getting a 15-year loan instead of a 30-year loan. Mm-hmm. That was really smart, and it's something that uh, most people won't do because they they look at the 30-year loan. The payment's lower. They say, "Oh, look, I can make more money every month," and then they just spend the money every month, and it takes them 30 years to pay off their house. 
So right. you did the right thing by getting a 15-year loan, but but any time you're getting a 15-year loan on the house you just described, you're probably not mm-hmm. going to make any real money on it during those 15 years. So right. the question is is twofold. Number one, how can you get the same house with better financing so that the debt service either isn't quite so big or it doesn't go on for so long? And the sort of adjacent question is, how do you speed up that 15-year payoff even beyond 15 years? Because, you know, you don't have to take 15 years to pay off a 15-year loan. You can pay off in five years. And the answer to the first question is going to have to do with um, getting owner financing on these properties. Because... The, uh, you know, owners, when, when owners trade you a house for payments, they're not incredibly interested in interest. They're incredibly interested in, I got rid of this problem that, this property that was a problem to me, and now it's somebody else's problem, and they're doing the management and the right. repairs and paying the taxes and insurance and all of that sort of thing. Uh, and you, you need to start asking the question when you're talking to sellers who have the kind of houses you want, well, if, if I could give you your price would you take payments? Because I'm guessing if you'd have paid the same $90,000 as $900 a month for 100 months, which is 8.3 years, you'd be in about the same place as you are with your 15-year loan that has interest on it. Now, that's right. gonna, that, that, that means, you know, always looking for motivated sellers. Your typical seller with the great house in the great neighborhood is not going to say yes to that because he can get cash and get full price, Right. But right. your seller who has a property that maybe needs some work before it can even be lived in, and that's that's where you would maybe spend your HELOC money, is in the work, not in the acquisition of the property. That's what we did. That's what we did. It, uh, it was an estate sale. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and estates are a little, are, those are a little difficult to, to negotiate owner financing on because often there are several heirs involved. When I when I bought my house, I it was in a state, and I offered I made two offers. I said I'll give you ninety thousand cash, or I'll give you one hundred and ten thousand with payments of I don't remember what it was six hundred a month for however long that took. And the agent called me back and he said, you know, they like the hundred and ten thousand dollar price better, but there are eleven of them. So basically, wow. they'd each be getting like seventy two dollars a month <laughs> for the next ten years. So this is just not that attractive to them. Uh, but there are other sellers out there, uh, particularly the motivated sellers, that will do that with you. Okay. The question of how do you take mortgages that you already have and pay them off more quickly is use a cash strategy. You know, retail some properties, wholesale some properties, uh, take out the money that you need to pay your taxes on that don't don't think that if you made thirty thousand dollars on a retail deal you actually have thirty thousand dollars <laughs> you actually have twenty twenty one or twenty two thousand dollars after taxes and then um i'm not i'm not really interested in retailing or wholesaling i'm just interested in buying some properties and renting them mm-hmm. and getting some cash flow that way i'm just trying to find a fairly like passive way to earn some money mm-hmm. in real estate while I do some other businesses that take up the majority of my time. Mm-hmm. Well, then you're just going to have to... I'm not trying to shirk any work. I just I trying understand. to find a 
a streamlined way of doing this. I, I understand. Um, well, I think your streamlined way of doing it then is probably look for owner finance opportunities. Because you're, you're eventually going to run out of HELOC money and you're going to run out of cash to put down payments mm-hmm. on rentals. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, so, it's so much easier if you can do close to no money down with the sellers, get the kind of property, you focus on the kind of properties you want. And, uh, you know, how, how many of those a year would you have to do to be happy? Two, three, four? You're not you're, you're not uh, looking to buy a hundred, right? Probably three or four, yeah. three or four properties a year at this point. Yeah, you I, can I you can do that. Sacrifice more time than that. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can find three or four sellers a year who are looking for they're 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 looking they're they're more interested in getting closer to the price they want than they are interested in getting all cash right now. Okay. And when you can find and where do you find these folks? <laughs> Oh, just uh, <laughs> and then you set up a deal for owner financing. I know that's like a book, right? Yeah. Well, and actually, if you go back to that real estate one hundred and one book, there's a whole chapter in it on creative finance techniques. So there's there's a number of different okay. ways to do it. Uh, but I mean, you're gonna you are gonna have to look for these sellers. They're not gonna shove a deed under your door and say, "Please make me payments." That's not that's not the way it works. Uh, yeah. You know, everything from uh, Craigslist to uh, you, you probably have certain target neighborhoods you like too, right? Right, right. Uh, okay, so watch well, I'm the. I'm a member of the Real Estate Investors Association here. Great, great. Uh, so, so become an expert in in those neighborhoods. You know, know know who's moving out, know who's got a rental they're not happy with, know who just if you just drive around, you can find out an awful lot. Just talk to people, and you can probably find three or you can probably find three or four deals a year just door knocking and saying, "Hey, I'm I'm really looking for. I love this neighborhood. I'm really looking for a house here. You know anyone who wants to sell?" On a Saturday morning, you know, and letting people tell you who who's moving out of town and who's throwing their tenants out and who's, you know, whatever, you know, who's who's moving their mother into a nursing home. Uh, there's all sorts of opportunities out there. The key is that you understand what your strategy is to get these things paid off more quickly. All house here, so I have to go. Thank you very much for letting me pick your brain for a couple minutes. Okay, thank you for your call, Leah. All right, all right, bye-bye. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's question and answer week. We're taking your calls at 877-772-9658, or you can send us an email by going to our website at realliferealestates.com. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Remember, you can always stay in touch with Real Life Real Estate through our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Estate, or through our website at realliferealestate.com where there is almost always something that we're offering to listeners just for logging in this week. It is a a uh, recording of a webinar called The Wholesaling Market in 2015. If you go to realliferealestate.com this week and just put in your name and email address. We will send you uh, that recorded webinar that that uh, gets you updated on what's going on in the wholesaling market. And we change that fairly regularly. So if you're listening to this podcast a year from now and it's not there, that's why, because we update it fairly regularly. It's question and answer week here on Real Life Real Estate. Our numbers here in the studio are 877-772-9658 or you can reach me by going to realliferealestate.com and hitting the Ask Vina a Question button. It'll send an email with your question. We're gonna go back to the phones. Line one, Jimmy in Cincinnati. Jimmy, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Yeah, howdy. 
Um, I'm looking for a, a site or something I can get on for like a lease option or a land contract, zero down fixer upper. You know who I would see about that? You're looking to buy one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you the very, very best place to go to look for those is Craigslist. Craig's okay. Yeah, there's not. I mean, if you go to, there, there's a lot of websites out there that are like house listing websites, but those are almost all retail. You bring your loan type properties that are for sale. But right. I, I, th- I see things on Craigslist all the time that while, while they might not be no money down, they're under a thousand down right. and they're fixer uppers and i see them advertised there all the time but here's the secret jimmy they're not advertised in the houses for sale section they're advertised in the houses for rent section right. and they have they have headlines like why pay rent when you can buy or right. you know uh, x dollars a month now own in 10 years that sort of thing uh yeah. I, I i'm telling you there's there's one or two of their those up almost every day yeah i'm looking for something you know maybe somebody's uh acquired all the plumbing out of the building or you know out of the house or you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. uh, acquired i like that word <laughs> they've yeah. acquired the plumbing <laughs> that's yeah. good uh you know you know needs a roof you know start from the top down or something and yeah well uh, jimmy like if, if you will I, I i can't actually recommend like specific companies and things here on the radio just because it's public radio right. but if you will stay on the line i'll have somebody get your number and and we can mm-hmm. talk offline about some specific companies if you're a handyman like that and you can do a lot of work to a house yes ma'am i know some people who would probably finance houses to you uh in that case so uh, matt's going to get your just just hang on the line don't don't hang up yes ma'am if you get cut off call back and matt's going to get your information okay okay all right thank you thank you great question i wish there were more jimmies in the world if there were more jimmies in the world there would be less vacant ugly abandoned properties in the world because people who are willing to get in there with their own labor and take on a project like that, they they get hassled by the building department. They should be getting a medal from the building department, in my humble opinion. Uh, question and answer week on Real Life Real Estate, 877-772-9658, or send us an email through the realliferealestate.com website. Um, got a question here from Mark, and this question is very math heavy, which is kind of a challenge on the radio but but mark we're gonna we're gonna try and tackle this because i think there's an easy answer here mark says looking to purchase a duplex in a fairly affluent neighborhood the property value is two uh four thirty two so four hundred thirty two thousand dollars gonna put twenty five percent down the loan amount will be three twenty four uh four point eight two four percent thirty year fixed rate and the total and this is the important part if you're taking notes because I'm sure you're all in your car taking notes right now the principal interest taxes and insurance on this loan is going to be twenty six hundred and eight dollars a month. Okay, so PITI payment twenty six oh eight. He says the rents are currently thirteen fifty, but it could they could be as much as sixteen hundred with some improvements. And the question is could this work? And if not, what would be the top price to pay? The answer, Mark, is probably it will not work. And here's here's the math I did. You ready? $1,600 per side times two. That's your maximum. That's what you said. Like, if I fix it up even more, it will rent for $1,600 each side. So that's 3200 gross rent. Your payment, principal interest tax and insurance, is 2608 That leaves $592 a month. 
However, the cash flow is not $592 a month because it costs roughly 20 to 30% of the gross rents to own a two-family. That's beyond the principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. That is the maintenance, the vacancy, the uh, repairs, the lawn care. Uh, if you live in a place where there's snow shoveling the snow in the wintertime, because those are things that tenants in a two-family don't take care of unless you pay them to take care of them. In a single-family home, they're going to take care of those things. In a duplex, they're typically not. Even if it was a single-family home, it would still cost you 20% of the gross rents to take care of all of that stuff. Now, part of, part of that is also the money you need to be setting aside for the long-term expenses. The property should have a reserve account that when it needs a new roof, there's enough money in the reserve account to pay for that. When it needs a new furnace, et cetera, et cetera. So if you go on the low end of that, and say it's going to be 20% of the gross rents, that you have to subtract another $320 from your 502 cash flow, which leaves you $272 a month. I'm sorry, no, it's 380 that you have to subtract. So it leaves you with $212 a month in cash flow. On a property that you put over $100,000 down on, and that you're going to have to improve to even get those rents. $212 a month is $2,544 a year on a $100,000 plus investment. Can you do the math on that? That's a very, very bad rate of return. And that's what you can expect for the next 30 years since you're getting a 30-year loan. Now, the question of how much can I pay means that you need to get out your calculator and do the same thing I just did backwards. You need to say, what's the gross rent? What are the taxes? What are the insurance? What is my 30% probably in gross rents going to cost me? And how much do I want to make? What do I think is a good return? And the number that you get when you make all those subtractions is the maximum monthly payment that you can make on that property. That's, that's going to be your max, okay? So you can back that into, you can go get a mortgage calculator or the free online all over the place and back that into a 30-year loan at 4.284% interest and come up with your maximum offer. And my guess is your maximum offer is going to be $100,000 to $150,000 less than what you are proposing to pay for this property. And again, that's that's the issue with buying properties in affluent areas is that they do not cash flow as well as properties in middle end and lower end areas. Now, I suspect you also live in a fairly expensive market. So uh, one option and man, I'm going to I'm going to tell you this and then I'm going to put all kinds of disclaimers around it. One option is use that hundred thousand dollars you have and buy a property in some other market where that same house is only worth $200,000. Now the disclaimers I'm going to put around that are, you better know your market, you better know your seller, you better understand what rents really are. If you're buying from a turnkey rental company, get get every piece that you would do yourself if it was in your town done by somebody who's not the seller. Get the inspection done by somebody who's not the seller. Get the evaluation done by somebody who's not the seller. Uh, make sure that somebody who's not the seller tells you what the rents are. 
because it's very easy when you live in a high-end market to think, wow, a $200,000 house, how could you lose? <laughs> I could show you a thousand properties in Cincinnati that if you paid $200,000 for, you would be paying 10 times too much for them. So that's yeah, one option is educate yourself about turnkey rentals in some other place. And another option is find a deal in your place that uh, makes more sense financially than this does. I mean, you could loan that $100,000 to another investor and get 8%. Why would you take two and a half? And you get 8% without having to make improvements to the property or, you know, deal with the tenants or anything else. So um, just, just, just think that through. Now, the good thing about the expensive properties in the affluent areas is that they do appreciate, you will get a fairly sizable tax break, assuming that you are qualified to take that based on your income and your uh, how, how much time you spend in the real estate business. But I personally would say this one is a no. Question number two was banks are requiring 25% down. Any suggestions on financing that reduces the amount down? Well, you heard what I said to Leah about owner financing. But remember, the more you finance, the higher your payment is. And the higher your payment is, the lower your cash flow is. Now, you can have a high payment and still have a high return on investment while having a low cash flow if that payment is at 0% interest. Because that means that every payment that you make, even though you're not putting any money in your pocket, it's all going to pay down the house. So it is money on your balance sheet. How do we do a show with math? Maybe we bring like a camera in here and we like Skype it or do a Google Hangout because I need a big whiteboard to explain all of this. Because it's just, it's, it's really tough to do math on the radio. But really appreciate your question mark and uh, don't be afraid to make whatever offer you come up with based on that formula. And uh, if you have any other questions, you know how to get a hold of me. 877-772-9658 is the number here in studio. You can also ask questions by going to realliferealestate.com. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Fina Jones-Cox. It's question and answer week here on Real Life Real Estate, as it is on the last Wednesday of every month. You can always get a hold of Real Life Real Estate through realliferealestate.com. Sometimes I save up questions for an entire month because people will send in stuff all month long. And uh, so you wake up in the middle of the night, you have a question, go to realliferealestate.com and uh, just send us an email. And it's great if you can tell us where you're writing from, because George and I were just talking about where was Mark from? Where Where is it that you can have a house that's worth 450 that rents for 3200 a month because those those numbers are very different than they are here in the Midwest. I've uh, got a question here from Tina in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. She says, my question is related to negotiations. I'm very comfortable with the seller calls, getting the information and building rapport. I let them know I'm not a retail buyer. I listen for motivation and I move on quickly if it doesn't seem to be there. So let's assume that all is good until that point when I hear a sense m motivation I've got, I've asked what they need to get for their property, then come back around to go through the close fast, no commissions, no repairs, no buyer closing costs, no holding costs while waiting for your house to sell spiel and ask for their best price under those circumstances. And then asked again, if that's the best they can do, which is exactly the right. So far, Tina, you are on exactly the right path. That's exactly how it works. 
Could you please take me through how you handle the call from there on, assuming they're priced at or above retail? This seems to be the predominance of calls I get, so I'd love to learn more finesse about handling these. Uh, If they're asking that much, you just move on. When do you go see a retail price property, if ever? If you go on site, is that a matter of educating them when you get there, or do you start that over the phone prior? So uh, great question, Tina. Um, Very, you know, detailed. It's very clear that you are, in fact, doing this on a day-to-day basis. The, The first question that I would ask to you is, what do you mean retail? Do you mean like they have a house that's ugly, but they're asking money for it as if it were not ugly? Because that's what I would consider retail price is like if it were all fixed up and were to sell to a retail buyer. Or do you mean the price is just more than you as an investor want to pay for it in the condition that it's in? In other words, maybe you're a wholesaler, you think you could sell it for 100 and they're asking for 100 and you need to pay 90 or something like that. Um, if, if these folks are truly asking a retail price and the property is not in retail condition and they absolutely are showing no signs of motivation and moving on that price, what I say to them is, well, you know, listen, I got to be honest with you, given what you've told me about the condition of the property, uh, and what I'm seeing in terms of what other houses have sold for. I just, I don't know that that's really realistic for the condition of your property, so my suggestion to you would be the way you're going to get the very the very highest number of eyes on it, the very highest number of viewings and offers is to call a real estate agent who's familiar with that age with that area and get it listed. Uh, I hope you get your price. I don't think you're going to, but I hope you are. I've got some recommendations for agents you could call. If that doesn't work out, I'm here. But I can tell you right now, I can't pay that price for it. So I mean, basically you're talking to somebody whose story is motivated, but their price is not motivated. Okay. And, and that's, that's a lot of people. I mean, I, I I kind of, if I had my whiteboard, I'd be drawing you a triangle right now. And on the bottom of the triangle, I would have unmotivated and no reason to be. Cause that's, you know, what, 12 out of 20 sellers you talk to six out of 10. They got a great house in a great area. They're in no hurry to sell it. Doesn't really need a lot their best bet is to sell it to a retail buyer, right? And they, there's, there's no reason to ever go visit those people. There's no amount of education you can give them that's going to make them want to take your price. At the top of my triangle, the littlest part, that would be the motivated seller whose price is motivated. That would be the one that on the first phone call, they say, my house is a wreck and I will practically give it away to you because I know I'm not going to get any more than that. Those people, I, I don't need to stay on the phone with them very long because I need to go see their house. Everybody else is in that middle part of the pyramid. That's who you're describing. It's people who they need to sell. They have a property that's not going to sell for retail price. They've got a story about why they want to sell it, but their price is not in line with their story. And those are the folks that you have to follow up on. You have to give them some information, give them some advice, you know, explain why you don't think the property is going to sell for that much money to anyone. Uh, tell them what their options are. And if they still don't move on the price, if they still say, well, that's great, but I I have to have $100,000 for my house, then you say, okay, great. Can I call you back in a few weeks and see how it's going? And those people often will turn into deals over time as the rest of the market tells them exactly the same thing you're telling them. If, on the other hand, when you say retail price, what you mean is you want to pay 90, 
they're asking 100, they're asking 95, something like that. The way I usually turn that conversation is to say, based on what you're telling me, I don't think I'm going to be at 100. I think I'm probably going to be at 80 to 90,000. I could get a lot closer to your price if we could talk about me making that in payments. Would you be open to talking about that? Because if I can get zero interest financing, it doesn't really matter whether I'm going to keep it, rehab it. Zero interest financing is worth money, right? So I can always pay more if I can make that in payments. Now, I just gave you a three-minute review of what we could spend three days talking about. (laughs) But uh, basically what I'm telling you is I don't go see their house if I know I can't pay their price and they have not shown any sign of wanting to come down. And I'll even say to them before I get kind of a soft, you know, offer that you want a hundred, well, gosh, you know, I'd be at half that. I, I know you don't want to, I know you don't want to hear that, but I, I think that's where I would be. So, you know, I recommend blah, 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 blah. And every once in a while they'll say, oh, fine, I'll take half that. So I do say it, I do put the number out there, but uh, I'm not going to go see somebody's house if they're at a hundred and I want to pay 80 and I know it and they're, just absolutely like I'm not going to take less than 100. What I will do is follow up with them. So appreciate your question, Tina. And we have one more here in about three minutes left. Uh, Tara in Wisconsin wants to know uh, how many houses you look at and offers you make in order to get a wholesale deal. Uh, in order to do 50 or more wholesale deals a year, it all comes down to numbers, mailings, offers, follow ups, etc. That is exactly right. Tara, uh, it takes about 20 motivated seller calls to find the one that is got, you know, it's at the top of that pyramid, the one that, you know, they're going to take the deal because they have something going on with their lives that makes it a lot more important for them to get the house sold fast and with minimal hassle than it does to get tippy top price. Um, 19 of the 20 people you talk to are not going to be there. Uh, Four or five of them are going to fall into the category that I just talked about that they will get motivated, but they're not right now. And so you should know your own numbers in terms of how many mailings do I have to do to generate a phone call? How many phone calls do I have to get in order to get one that's interesting enough for me to go out and actually make them an offer? And how many offers do I have to make to get a deal? Generally, if you've got good marketing, it's going to be going to have a 5% response rate. Yes, I said five. I did not say one to three. A 5% response rate. So five calls out of every 100 mailings. So 400 mailings to get 20 phone calls, 20 phone calls to get a deal. And you can just sort of uh, do the math yourself. I, I, I can see what you're trying to do here is do some planning about how many calls do I have to get? How many postcards does that mean? Or letters does that mean I have to mail? And that's very good thinking. Because again, I've 25 years in this business, I have never had a seller shove a deed under my door in the middle of the night and say, you know, here, just sign here. It's always, there's always some contact made and there's always some offer made. So uh, it's a great question. I'm glad you are uh, planning it out and uh, glad you have such high goals for yourself. Uh, 50 wholesale deals a year uh, also means you're probably going to have to have some help with this in the form of a virtual assistant or an administrator or somebody like that just to keep all of the balls in the air, but it's a very good goal. And I very much appreciate your question. It's been question and answer week here on real life, real estate investment. Thanks to all the folks who called and emailed today. Remember, we're going to do it again in a month. 
last Saturday or last Saturday. That's good. Last Wednesday in May. You can always listen live at WMKVFM.org. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.